Today's program is brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and heritage. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're spotlighting the people who prepare our meat before it reaches our plates. We hear from whole animal butchers, the brains behind a meat vending machine, California cattle ranchers, and a master of charcuterie who isn't using meat at all. It's like a smoked and grilled uh, center stock of the broccoli, and then it gets uh, finished with some mustard barbecue sauce and sauerkraut. Ranching and farming being as difficult as it is, you know, it's just one thing after another. And at some point, you just give up. I had a wild idea that if I learned butchery, maybe I could start to be kind of a link in the supply chain. Listen to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Tema, food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes deeper understanding Japanese cuisine in America. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what ex- exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my co guests. And my guest today is Kumiko Zimmerman, who is the founder and CEO at Don Svenos Tequila. And she's the first Japanese woman who owns and runs a tequila company. Although Japan is now famous for great whiskey production, tequila is not instantly connected with Japan in her mind, but Kumiko has been proving to the world that she can make the world-class tequila by winning reputable awards since she launched her products in the U.S. in 2018. So today we'll discuss how Kumiko got into the tequila business, how philosophy of making great tequila, and challenges she faces in running the business, why she is committed to charitable causes, and much, much more. But quickly before we start, Japan Needs is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify, and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review, we really appreciate your feedback. Now let's uh, start. Uh, let's uh, start a conversation with Kumiko Zimmerman. So, hello, Kumiko. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Very good. So, first, uh, where are you right now, and uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. It's so you be, crazy, but uh, you know, for the, all the COVID nineteen, but um, yeah, I mean, we are doing very good. Actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I don't know that. Know that. Um, so you are in Florida right now, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, so your business is based on, you are in Florida and you have, you know, for your production and everything is in Mexico, I believe. Correct, yes. Right. So oh. we have an office in Florida and, uh, you know, just uh, basically right now it's based in the United States and uh, we also launched in Japan last year. Wow. So between America and Japan, those two. Okay. So we'll get into that uh, in a moment, but uh, let's find out who you are. <laughs> We're all curious about this uh, very amazing woman. So where are you from and uh, what did you eat when you grew up? Okay. So I'm from Tokyo, Japan, um, born and raised in the city of Hachioji. I mm. don't know um, if you're familiar with the place. 
but um, it's about one hour away from Tokyo, and um, it's a countryside, you know? Right. And, well, uh, yeah. it's a nice area. I grew up in Tama City, so oh we're kind God. of... <laughs> ah, okay, so right. you're pretty like a close neighbor. <laughs> right, kind of, right? Yeah, and right. Uh, you, you know, I used to love to see like hotaru, you know, lightning bugs at night. Right. Um, it reminds me like all the good memories as a country girl. Mm, right. And uh, what did I eat when I grew up? Um, I always loved to eat, you know. I grew up eating pretty much anything. Uh, mm. My mom uh, cooked all kind of food. But uh, my favorite is always noodles. Like ramen, udon, soba, you know, pasta. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah. So I hope you have enough uh, supply of ramen and other noodles in Florida. <laughs> yes. Luckily, I have a Japanese uh, restaurant near us, like 10 minutes away. Mm. And, uh, actually owned by a Japanese uh, lady and her husband. So mm. I go there and, uh, you know, eat a curry to ramen noodles, like all kind of Japanese food. So it's like my second home. Mm. I feel like Japan, you know. Right. Oh, lucky you, because it's it's very hard to find that kind of authentic Japanese, even in Florida. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay, so um, so let's talk about, um, well, actually, first of all, when and why did you leave Japan and move to the States? And I moved to U.S. on 2009 after we had our three children in Japan. And uh, my husband, who is American, had an opportunity to open his uh, technology company in LA. So we moved. And, um, you know, our son was five and our daughter was three and one. They were very little when we moved. Mm. Wow. So that was 11 years ago. Yeah, it's about, yes. Right. Okay. And uh, so now uh, you're the owner of uh, Dos Venus, the producer of the award-winning tequila. And I think, uh, well, Everybody likes tequila right now, but uh, first of all, what is tequila by definition, and how do you make tequila? So tequila is a distilled spirit uh, made from the Blue Vega agave plant. And uh, to be legally called tequila, it must meet three requirements. Uh, first, it can be only produced in five areas of Mexico. And second, it must be made with Blue Agave, then third, it must be approved by CRT, which is Tequila Regulatory Council. And uh, the production of tequila is, uh, you know, I would like to explain how Don Senos tequila made, because uh, each brand's making in different process and uh, different tasting profile. Mm, right. And I heard that the blue agave takes a long time, like six years at least, to grow. So. It's kind of by itself a very special ingredient. Yeah, it's about seven to ten years for agave to reach maturity. Mm, wow. Time, yeah. Right. And uh, so, so then you, but basically you age uh, tequila in oak, or if you don't, uh, you can sell unaged tequila as, I think, a blanco, and then there's a. Right. Uh, Right. So they get three types. Is that the basic thing? Maybe you can explain. Okay. So uh, can I just explain how it's made? Like mm -hmm. uh, just the easy way? Okay. So first is harvesting. And uh, we use a single estate blue agave plant. 
And, um, you know, of course, I usually it takes seven to 10 years for, you know, agave to reach maturity. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's cooking, slow uh, roasting, high pressure in autoclave, which is like an autoclave is like a big oven. Mm-hmm. So you cook in there. And then after that is fermentation. We use natural yeast to ferment. Then it's a distillation. Uh, we use fasting copper to remove the impurities. Then second in stainless steel to smoothen the profile. After mm-hmm. that, we left in rest 59 days to be oxygenated before bottling. That's I'm talking about Branco. Mm-hmm. And uh, this process makes it softer with less alcohol burn. But uh, um, so we talk about uh, after that, it's like Reposado and Anejo. We have um, three different kinds. And um, Reposado is, uh, you know, we rested in American oak for nine months. And um, um, Anejo is rested in 23 months. Mm. Wow. That's the difference. Right. So, um, yeah, it's amazing how simple the ingredients are but then you have this such a special product i think it's very local and you mentioned you know they has to come from specific regions so that's kind of a, a geographical identification it's like champagne or other uh, global standards so it's a spe- tequila is i'm sure in in the market there's so many different types but your product sounds very special so Congratulations. And we talk about, uh, you know, how special yours, your products are later. Uh, so you founded uh, Dos Suenos in 2017. So why did you decide to start your own tequila company? Um, it, it was a 100% opportunity. It just, uh, you know, just came to me and um, nothing else. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, for tequila, it's about 15 years ago. And first time I visited Mexico with my husband and uh, and the friends. And uh, one of our friends said to me, um, hey, Kumi, you know, we are in Mexico. You got to try tequila. And uh, I've never had a tequila before. But uh, since then, you know, I always liked tequila. And uh, but I just uh, didn't have much knowledge about it. Mm. So I study and... Um, you know, there are many, many more things to learn, to be honest. <laughs> right. So let's just go back quick. So, you know, the, the opportunity was presented and what's amazing, we exchanged email before, but, you know, it's kind of like you are definitely open to opportunities. And if I was presented to open the tequila company, I would think like, I'm not sure. And you take it and make it happen. So I really like your energy, very um, proactive. Oh, thank you. I just want to tell you, you know, sometimes you just don't expect it and then just things are meant to be, you know, just happens. Mm. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's really about it. It was just 100% opportunity came to me. Mm, wow. Have you ever run a company before? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> um, before this, Tequila Company, uh, we were on a motocross track. Mm. Uh, you know, like a motocross, like dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. So, that was uh, 2000, 
15 to 18, I believe. So mm. I was running the company. Right. Wow. Different. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't drink tequila and then right away you don't put a drive right away. Bike, so. Right. Um, right. Um, okay. So, and I heard you have a great partner in Mexico. So, what is the distillery and uh, what is the background of your partner? Uh, so, our distillery is located in Arandas Los Altos Jalisco. And uh, we are known 1499. And uh, our master distillery, their family, uh, the Acabe, Acabes family, has been um, cultivating agave in Los Altos region for three generations. Wow. Yes. And uh, we can just feel their commitment and the pride and the investment in what they do. And so we are very, very pleased to work with them. Mm. Right. So you somehow you managed to, I mean, I don't want to dig in too much of how your business, you know, the, the opportunity was presented. Maybe you can explain a little bit more about, you know, how, like, how you saw the business opportunity so that we can really understand how special this business is. And for about, like, owning Tequila Company? Yeah, so you said, um, you know, I keep going back to this, your amazing statement that you, the opportunity was presented, right? So, right. so you, there is an opportunity. Somebody said, let's just uh, do and start a business of uh, tequila. And because you're so interested in tequila already, you're ready right. to get it and run the company. And then you found a great partner. Is that how it worked? Right. Okay. So, yeah, opportunity came and then, you know, we... Um, Basically, you know, just uh, choose the recipe and then, you know, just build the brand from mm. the so. right. Wow. Okay. So, um, the to you, what is special about tequila compared to other spirits? Like, there's so many great spirits in the market right now. So, how do you describe how special tequila is? Well... So to, I, to be honest, like I can't really drink so much alcohol because of, uh, you know, like Asian things, you know, like some people can, some people really cannot take. Mm. And, um, you know, I always get sick before, you know what I mean? Mm. But mm. when we went to Mexico and uh, had a tequila, you know, obviously any alcohol, if you drink too much, you know, you would get hangover stuff, but for tequila is I just always um, love the taste and uh, such a happy spirit, you know. You mm. just gather with friends and then just, you know, take cocktails or take shots, whatever it is, you know. Right. Always I love the tequila. Mm. So and it's then, more about cultural part that's appealing even. Right. For the Mexico, you know, Mexican cultures and, you know, always interesting. But uh, again, like I didn't really know much about. Mm. And, uh, you know, this opportunity came and then I study, I learned how to make to, you know, about the Don Senos recipe, you know, that kind of things. And the more you get to know about it and then uh, you would realize like, oh, wow, you know, how long like it takes a long time to make this one bottle. You know, right. So it's more like appreciative about the spirits. 
Right. I'm sure uh, drinking and making, they're two opposite things. And once you combine them, you really understand and appreciate what you drink. So, right. right. Awesome. Um, so the, you are the first Japanese person and also woman who owns and operates a tequila company. So what are the biggest challenges um, you have faced in managing the company so far? Um, it was uh, never my intention to be the first Japanese woman to own and operate a tequila company. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. But I feel like either you own the business or not, it's challenging to live in different countries that you didn't grow up in. Mm. And uh, just biggest thing is prob- you know, probably language barrier. Um, I have accent and uh, my English isn't perfect, especially uh, I struggle typing emails. Mm. So my kids even make fun of me. <laughs> you, you have to study grammar, you know. So sometimes I create a confusion with um, people, but uh, I try to be positive and uh, try not to be afraid of making mistakes. Mm. So, you know, because if you are afraid to fail, then you can't move forward. Right. And, uh, you don't get nothing. So. Mm. Yeah, you're very inspiring. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, just very, um, yeah, positive and go get it. So... Yeah, and I think that's, that's interestingly, I think Japanese mindset is that you try to be perfect, and if you're not perfect, you just don't. Right, and right? I have comments too, like, you know, I, I just being honest, like, it's scary, like, okay, you know, just, uh, I don't want to be like, um, you know, I don't want to fail, obviously, and I don't want to get embarrassed, and, you know, those moments that, you know, I had that too, but mm. just going to have to push it to you know moving forward and um if you don't try it you know nobody else is gonna do you know what i mean like you're right. gonna have to do it, so mm. right and if you don't do it you're gonna regret that you didn't right that's exactly. uh, the biggest fear of life yeah. I think. yes and i never like a logical person you know i just uh living with a passion like my heart mm. so i don't really think too much i just want to do it and then you know like, atatikudakero, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Atatikudakero is a very good term. That's, right? that's who I am. <laughs> right. So, so the listeners, kero means you just go break yeah. yourself, but you don't care because that's what you want. <laughs> it's basically better than do it than not doing it ever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just right. do it and see what happens. Right. You know? So that's just who I am. Right. <laughs> and usually when you have that spirit, something good happens without knowing that's going to happen so yeah right. i think so because um i have an amazing team right next to me um you know because um they back me up and then just trying to reach goal together so very grateful mm. right i'm sure your colleagues are enjoying your very um you know very good energy so that's right. wonderful um so what you know that was the challenges. So the challenges, um, you said the language, but you know, right. the running the business that you didn't grow up in a tequila family, right? right. So what else was challenging to you? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of different things that I feel challenging, but um, basically, um, 
maybe distribution, you know, um, as being like us, like a really small company and a brand, uh, distributor is, uh, you know, big distributor is basically like um, you have to, you know, put the money up front, mm-hmm. you know. So something like um, um, we have encountered being a small brand, like it takes time and building lots of great relationship. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot to to face. <laughs> mm, right. And it sounds like you are enjoying the those challenges too. So it's just <laughs> learning, you know. It's just a lot to learn, but um, you know, it, it. I like it actually. I like to learn, you know. Always, um, you know, I, I just like to learn new things that I didn't even know, you know. Right. Yeah, it's hard to imagine you. You're just sitting and see what things are happening in the world. So you just have to do something by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So wonderful. Um, so what are the advantages uh, that you have as a Japanese woman managing a tequila company? <laughs> I don't feel it's an advantage to own tequila company as a Japanese woman. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, we launched in Japan last year, and uh, tequila is becoming a popular spirit in Japan. Mm. But on the other hand, um, I still see many Japanese people have some like negative images about tequila, you know, such as like tequila is only a party drink, like you play games and the loser has to take a shot for the penalty type of thing, you know. Mm. And, uh, but it really isn't for that. Right. And, um, you know, in the U.S., um, which is the largest tequila market in the world, and um, tequila is very popular in the U.S., and, uh, you know, they are Taco taco Tuesday, having a margarita at home, and, uh, you know, I see that tequila is a part of people's lifestyle. Right. So I'm hoping for more Japanese people to be interested and get to know about this amazing spirit. Mm. Yeah. Interesting, right? Because Japanese sake now, uh, America is the third uh, or the top uh, export country for Japanese sake. Right. And where it used to be like people who drink really low quality hot sake and you get hungover, of course. And that yeah. was the image. And now um, premium sake is winning all those competitions. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's the growth. Uh, based on cultural understanding and even Mexican food people think is tacos it's not Mexican regional cuisine right it's amazingly <laughs> diverse and deep and yeah so yeah and the tequila good tequila is very um, um, kind of terroir oriented right you really taste the different ingredients and yeah. how yeah. it's made yeah. so right Interesting. It's like uh, so many tequila brands out there, and then you know, it's really different taste profiles, and then how they how they made is a little slightly different, you know. Mm. So it's very interesting, you know. Right. Well, actually, I read another interview of yours about how you know you committed to quality, which is kind of based on Japanese mindset. Right. Yeah. Can you maybe talk about that? For the quality. Hmm. Um, for because of, uh, you know, just being Japanese, like, you know, Japanese culture, 
you know, they have a very good, uh, just care about the quality, you know, whether like food or clothes or, you know, just anything, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, we are very obsessed people in terms of quality. And that's why the craftsmanship is really a deep underlining concept in Japanese everything. Japanese knives, Japanese tea. Yes. Right. It's like quality is is just very important for Japanese people, Mm. culturally, I feel like, you know. Right. Yeah, I would say that there's something, um, you know, there's room to improve. They have to perfect it as far as there's room to improve. And uh, the other day I was watching, I think it was like a video on Amazon or something. So there's sharp pain and sharp pain, like, no, not the pencil, but okay. uh, you know, mechanical pencil. Mm-hmm. And there are like, three companies, they're all competitive against each other. And one company um, developed that it's like it's never worn out, meaning every single strike, I mean, stroke of the, you know, when you touch the paper, it's sharp. For some reason, they developed the technology. So it doesn't get round or flat. And then the other two companies decided they have to do something. So they created, um, you know, mechanical pencils, each, each company did. It never breaks, like the very thin. Uh, oh, wow. Yes, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's, I actually happened to buy one of those because I wanted to try it. And uh, it works. So that's the mindset. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think so, you know. So that's like my background and who, you know, I, I am being Japanese and it's just the quality is one thing um, I care. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you released your first product in 2018 and won reputable awards at SIP Awards and the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. So... Uh-huh. Why do you think uh, your products are so special and so award-winning? What kind of characteristics? And our, our single estate agave to our process and uh, our patience for perfection. You know, we believe that people deserve only pure and uh, we, we don't add any color or chemicals, preservatives, you know. It's just no additive, basically. So... Mm. You know, don't say this is 100% agave, you know, premium. Right. Yeah. Right. So you really taste the agave itself. So, so I'm just curious, you know, like the, I mean, that the region mm-hmm. uh, of your distillery yeah. has many distilleries, right? So the, your um, plants could be different from the plants next to your distilleries, correct? Because... Yeah. Um, maybe some species of cultivars may be different. So what's the difference, though, that if your agave is different from your neighbor's agave, is that the soil or how? Um, no, it's, uh, it's basically it's just single estate means we, you, we make our tequila is in our field agave only. Mm. So some brand are going to be like mixed together, you know? Right. This, this agave to other agave, so everything like well water, like, you know, how they use, you know, how they grow agave, it's just different. Mm. So we have, um, you know, just one single state and uh, our master distillery is just keep eye on every step of the way. You know what I mean? 
Right. That makes special. Mm. So that's the quality control, 100% because it's estate. Right. Okay. And uh, so the prices of your tequila are reasonable, despite that high quality. Um, And I looked, and it starts from uh, $35 instead of $50 up in the market on average. So why did you decide to make it approachable instead of aiming to attract connoisseurs? Um, because of, uh, we want the people to enjoy our tequila as a daily sipper, no matter their budget. We don't want to be like a, you know, hundred dollar Blanco, you know, it, it cannot be like that though. It's just to my, just my opinion. You know, if I'm a consumer and, uh, I want to have a good quality for reasonable price, of course, many people, you know, would enjoy more. You know what I mean? Mm, right. So that's, right. That's what we think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, because if it's not enjoyed by people, then what's the purpose? Probably you just want to, yeah. right, let exactly. people know. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to adjust our tequila to not only for, you know, tequila aficionado to, to enjoy. We want anyone to enjoy, you know. Mm. So that's why we, uh, we are like, we set up a price. For the certain way, yes. Mm. Okay, so uh, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll discuss why Kumiko is committed to charitable causes through her tequila business. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with hearts and heritage. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of small farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for being the number one importer of Swiss Gruyere in the United States, in addition to many other specialty cheeses, including premium Kaltbach cave-age cheeses, Appenzeller, Tetumwan, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese. I'm your host, Kikotema, and my guest today is Kumiko Zimmerman, who is the founder and CEO at Dos Suenos Tequila. She's the first Japanese woman who owns and runs a tequila company. So, um, we want to know uh, what kind of, what types of tequila do you produce? I mean, you know, you have a couple of ty- different types. So, yeah, maybe you can go through what you have. Okay. So, we produce Blanco which is clear, and reposado, and anejo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Blanco has smooth with uh, hints of citrus and vanilla, uh, with glossy undertones and a final touch of pepper. Mm. Okay, so basically Blanco, in order to taste agave taste by itself, it's the Blanco that you should try because it's not aged in oak barrels. I, I mean, Branco is the most popular, I, I, I feel like, you know, people purchase Branco to make cocktails, you know, like uh, Margarita, you know, Paloma cocktails, you know, it's very popular, is a Branco. Mm, right, because it's a no color, so it's easy right. to blend with other things. Yes, 
Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, most people say they like Branco. <laughs> oh, really? I'm yeah. more approachable, that's why. Uh, yeah, more and more, you know, uh, I think they can taste as straight or they can make cocktails. And uh, they can make cocktails with reposado or anejo too. But, uh, you know, most people make cocktail with blanco, I, I think. Mm. I, I've seen it, the people do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. So, so then uh, just to enjoy the pure agave flavor from your state, uh, shall I go for blanco? And I recommended Anejo. That's my favorite. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's talk about Anejo. Yeah. Okay. So before Anejo, I'm going to talk about Reposado. Is okay? Sure. Okay. So Reposado is rested in American oak for nine months and um, has complex flavors combining creme brulee with uh, hints of bell pepper, cinnamon, and vanilla. Those are flavor of reposado. Mm. And the uh, anejo is rested in 23 months wow. uh, in same American oak. And uh, this one has a warm, deep, and rich flavor with sweet dark chocolate with hints of vanilla and a touch of brown sugar. Mm. So that's anejo. It's my favorite. Wow. <laughs> so that aging changes... Uh... This, this flavor profile, right? Basically, the difference is how much longer it was aged in oak. Yeah, how much on, how much longer, but also like, um, you know, what kind of barrel you use. For us, mm. it's American oak. It's uh, Kentucky's craft brand. That's what we use. Okay. But, uh, you know, some brands use different things and, you know, so slightly those uh, tasting profile would be different. Mm. Right. So that because uh, to make bourbon, you have to always use a new oak barrel. So it's a kind of natural um, market yeah, exists, that, mm-hmm. right, for tequila. Is it common to use, uh, you know, the uh, refilled barrels after making bourbon to make tequila? I, based, my, you know, master dessert, that's our recipe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our recipe is, you know, we use for bourbon barrel and uh the brand will be like a craft brand you know that's what that's what we choose mm, right interesting right because yeah. i said i'm trying to imagine i've never tried your products so um yeah i was just imagining how the flavor could be affected by yeah, bourbon barrels side, i know but it's like a bad that side of me is uh i don't really know about what the other brands make mm. you know <laughs> so right. it's just too busy caught up in you know my own brand so right. i tasted i like to taste other things too mm. that but means I, a lot right yeah, right small detail like you know their process mm. right rather than comparing this or that try to make it better than theirs you just focus on what you want to drink so yeah. that means a lot <laughs> yeah. yes so if you are if you like um um whiskey then maybe you would love anejo mm, right because of the oak flavor yes right yeah so speaking of what is the best way to enjoy tequila um, i personally love to drink it straight okay and, um, like know, neat 
yeah, just a neat sipping, you know, it's not like a shot, um, you know, just slowly you just enjoy, you know, with whatever you wanted to eat, you know, drink with. Mm. Can be like some food, you know, can be anything, but, you know, that's mm. just how I like to drink my tequila. Mm. <laughs> that's interesting because I think people don't think of, say, like whiskey pairing with food mm-hmm. and tequila is more flexible, it sounds like. And it's just, uh, you know, um, bit later, like maybe I would explain more, but uh, Blanco would pair it well with this, you know, and then Arejo would pair with this. And oh. uh, yeah, so it's all kinds. Okay, and, let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do you? <laughs> so basically, um, talking about pairings, you know, uh, many backyard barbecue chefs have uh, tagged our tequila as their favorite brand. And uh, our Blanco pairs well with smoked chicken, sushi, and uh, like fish dishes. Mm. You know, it's very well um, pairing with Japanese food as well. Right. Um, it's cleaner because it's unaged, so the, there's no oak flavor. So it's more right. like lighter, cleaner. And it's smooth and yes. So... Mm. Talk about Japan. Uh, one of our accounts in Japan is a uh, soba restaurant. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they offer coarse meals with tequila. Wow. So, for example, like, um, um, like a dashimaki tamago. Mm, that's the, yeah, like more the flavored um, omelet. Yes, yeah, so dashimaki tamago and then, um, you know, uh, sub with uh, branco with. Crab soda, like it's called tequila highballs. Mm. So, and then uh, dark pot pairs with like, a saddle type of thing. And mm. uh, I actually uh, visited a couple of times and had um, those pairing food. So, I thought that was very unique and um, surprised how well it pairs with Japanese food. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know actually. <laughs> These are all the new things. Right. By the way, highball, I think highball is, uh, you know, it's the name of the glass, but the style of cocktails too. And highball is so popular in Japan. And, uh, yeah. yeah. That's like whiskey highballs, right? Right. And also, I think just highball, people say, like, shochu highball, whiskey Hi. highball, everything. <laughs> highball. Yeah. Right, tall glass and, uh, you know, the spirits and whatever you want to uh, drink with. Right. In it, right. So... Yeah, I think it's, it's a hard... easy to make too, you know, like home bar, you know, like uh, especially for this uh, COVID-19, uh, lots of people, you know, quarantining and, uh, you know, making your cocktails at home enjoys, you know what I mean? Right. So then it's easy yeah. to make. Right. And I, I think the one of the reasons why highball became so popular in Japan, it's, it's like uh, you can control the amount of alcohol in it because it's a tall glass. And right. uh, it pairs so well with variety of things because it's, uh, again, alcohol is more adjustable. So if right. you go to a Japanese izakaya, yeah. you can have different kinds of food with uh, any kinds of highball at right. your own alcohol level. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, but it's, yep, go ahead. I'm sorry. So then um, that was like basically I just uh, explained like Buranko and uh, some of, you know, pairing with Japanese food. But uh, our reposado, 
um, also pairs uh, with like good with pork and lamb. Mm. And um, aneho is um, aneho pairs well with um, like ribeyes. Mm. Right. Yes, those kind of things. Mm. So um, then, sounds like you know you said you sell it in the American market, which is not the nationwide yet, right? And you have market in Japan. Maybe you can just talk about how you um, you know succeeded in selling your products in America and also into Japan. I'm sorry. Can you? Can you? Yeah. So, um, so first of all, where can we get your tequila in the states? I think Florida and uh, yeah, Florida and uh, California, Wyoming, um, Maine, like a few states. Mm, okay. But uh, uh, mainly, like you can just visit um, Don Suenos, like at the Don Suenos, and then you know you can find the link to purchase online as well. Mm-hmm. Or go to uh, Don Suenos website, mm-hmm. and there's a map, so you right. can see the where to drink, where to buy the glass store. Maybe in your town is uh, you know some place available. Right. So how did you? I mean, you released the product in 2018, and uh, how did you convince your distributor that let's sell it to this states and that states because it's it's the tequila market. It's very competitive right now. So. Very. Competitive, <laughs> very competitive. Mm-hmm. So, and um, it's pretty. It's not easy, and um, definitely, you know, it's way harder than I thought it would be. But uh, um, pretty much, if you have, to, you know, if you have like a bigger distributor, then they have a territory. Okay, this distributor has, you know, carry for this, 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 this state. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's how um, some states we, you know, they, they don't have Don Senos yet. Right, right. But again, you won, a, you know, awards at major competitions. So I'm sure you're going to expand more. And hopefully in New York soon so that I can try your tequila. Yes, it's coming. <laughs> okay. It just takes a little time, but, uh, you know, that's obviously my goals and then expand more marketing and then hopefully we can, you know, import to another country, you know, just right now is only Japan, but, uh, you know, we get the request from like Europe, you know, uh, Australia. <laughs> so, mm, right. So how did you manage to get into the Japanese market? Um, because obviously Japanese market is a faster, you know, country that I wanted to bring our tequila because I'm Japanese. It's my country. Right. <laughs> and uh, um, the person who runs Don Suenos in Japan is uh, one of my closest friends. Actually, um, I met her through our son's motocross. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, she has son uh, who used to ride and race competitively and um, they came to US many times that's how we met mm. and uh, it's about like I don't know 10 plus years ago maybe 10 years ago and uh, we were just really close about it so we bring it up about our tequila you know to her and she got interested and then 
you know, I much rather want to work with, um, with her, like very trustable person. Mm. So that's how we started. Right. I'm sure she shares your passion for tequila. That's why you managed yes. to get into the competitive Japanese market too. Right. Right. So where can you buy uh, your tequila in Japan? So in Japan is also you can go visit the website, Don't Say No to Japan, mm-hmm. or, uh, or the social media, you know, Don't Say No to Japan for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and they also have online stores. Okay. So, yeah. right. So, so it's currently it's on the digital market, like online only, right? Uh, online and the liquor store, but the liquor store is, again, like different areas, you know? Right. So like Tokyo and uh, you know Kanagawa, it's just different areas. So mm. it's not the entire Japan yet. Okay, I'm <laughs> sure it will be soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to discuss. You know, you're very committed to charitable causes. For example, uh, you have contributed to Hurricane Relief with Eagle and Wings Foundation, NFL uh-huh. alumni, uh, caring for kids charity, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, you name it. So why is it important for you to support these communities? Uh, giving back to the community has always been a part of who I am personally. And um, it's just very important to show my community and family partners that we can all help support as a team. And uh, having ongoing relationship helps me build better relationships. Mm. So it's uh, you know it's just in my heart like always. Mm. I would love to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, maybe you can give us some examples. That what we did. Mm-hmm. And that you're planning also. I mean, you're working on currently. Oh yes, I'm currently working. <laughs> Actually, it's coming up. And um, this one, this charity is basically I've created with my team and the partners in Japan, and it's called Save the Dream Restaurant Support Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, also, we got the support by liquor stores, businesses, and celebrities who volunteer to help. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh this thing is uh you know many businesses are affected by COVID nineteen, and even though things are getting back to normal, restaurants and bars are facing like a new normal, you know. Mm. And uh, they undertook an increasing expenses, fixed cost uh, work continuing and uh, decreasing profit. Right. So in order to follow the prefecture guidelines now that restaurants and bars have gone back to their normal business hours. Uh, they need to reduce the number of seats and the meaning that even though um, the hours have gone back to normal, the number of customers has not. Mm. So that's what the, you know we just wanted to do something. And um, more information you can visit at the Save the Dream on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, if it's possible, you know, share or like the page. And uh, that way more people would 
get to know about this project and uh, hopefully we can support the restaurants and the bars together. Nice. So how does, does it work? You you purchase a product and the percentage goes to the charity or you can just donate? Uh, so basically we are doing for two things. One is uh, crowdfunding on Campfire's website. And then um, and the other one will be charity, uh, I'm sorry, auctions by all the celebrity donate the items. So mm. those two things, um, you know, people donate the money and then the, the money goes to the restaurant and the bars. Right. So that's what it is. Mm. Right. It's a very important time for restaurants. And uh, I see people, um, you know, in New York City, um, it's possible to dine outside. And people just enjoying eating out. Um, and I think people, it's time for everybody to dine out again, to socialize. So, right. yeah. How New York right now? Is uh, back to normal? No, not at all. It's like, uh, I mean, the, you know, the coronavirus is really in control. Right. Um, you know, death rates and everything. But uh, because of... You know, if you rush to reopen businesses or schools, you know, we've seen that it could backfire. So the state, New York City, is very careful. New York City is very careful uh, for, about reopening. And it's the end of uh, September, um, 30th of September. Finally, in dining, it's going to be available, meaning restaurant can open for dining service inside the restaurant up to 25% of the entire seat numbers right. so it's still very hard but you know yeah. it's getting a little colder chillier here and uh-huh. it's better to have some inside space right right yeah it's same florida too yeah. um you know it's just getting back to normal but it's not quite um you know same as before right so mm. but i'm just curious though that people i mean i heard american people mm-hmm increase the consumption of alcohol. I, I saw a data from April to June. Right. It's just like really a big um, uptick of alcohol consumption. It's like 25% per person because the people right. drinking yes. in, in the house <laughs> as well. Yes. So did you get uh, some benefit out of that, you know, and consumer behavior? And so like Lika store or, you know, did, I was told that they are, busy um, because of a people makes uh, you know drinks at home being quarantined for such a long time you know right but uh in the other hand you know many bars and restaurants were closed or limited capacity during the pandemic mm. and the challenge has been industry-wise to keep the liquor flowing right so, you know that that problem is i i'm sure all the brand face <laughs> mm. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think uh, you know lately. I think American spirit consumption really increased in good ways because people started to drink more high quality gins and whiskeys and uh, even mezcal. I. It's right. amazing how much they pay for a bottle of mezcal. It's almost like hundred fifty dollars. I saw many bottles, and of course, not to mention tequila too. So. Right. Yeah, I think this the coronavirus is awful, but people started to think of drinking as different ways. It's not only at the bars, but you can really design your own glass, what it's going to be in your right. own glass. 
I think it's it's great. You know, people uh, nowadays like people can get the um, easy recipe online. You know, you don't have to be. I mean, one thing is just go to the bar and then just bartender makes beautiful cocktail is really really amazing things. Mm. But in uh, other hand, you know, you can find easy cocktails. You know, just you can make a home and then still enjoyable. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, and especially if you can find somebody like your tequila, which is high quality and the purity. I mean, you don't have to worry about what is going to be in your glass. You know, like something right. that could be not totally healthy, like some uh, chemicals in there. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I would like um, you know more people to just taste it and enjoy because tequila is really happy spirits. You know, mm. everybody gonna be happy. So right. that's, that's my goal. Mm. <laughs> so do you get to uh, visit the distillery in Mexico very often? Uh, not very often, unfortunately. I wish I could go more, but uh, I have three kids and, uh, you know, um, they, are, they are older, like 16 and 14 and uh, 12. Mm. I'm still like too young to leave them alone. So. Right. My, and then my husband also um, own businesses, and then he is uh, not not right now because of uh, due to the COVID nineteen. Mm. But he was uh, always gone, like three weeks a month. Wow, he was gone. Wow, so, <laughs> yeah, having you know, it's not always easy to make a balance right. between um, home and being moms, and the husband be gone. <laughs> mm. so, wow. Yeah, I wish I could go more though. It's amazing how you manage everything and created such a special brand. So congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I have a great team, so that's I couldn't have done it by myself. <laughs> well, you yeah. created a great team too, so that means something. <laughs> Thank you. Right. So uh, what are your plans for the future? Uh, my plan is... Um, um, many people to get to know and then taste Don Senor's tequila. Um, and also, I would like to expand the market more, you know, right. as I speak earlier. Uh, I would like to expand more entire America to different countries and, of course, Japan too. Mm, and Mexico, <laughs> maybe. Within Mexico? Yes, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico has way more different brands available and, uh, you know, Right. I would like to one day, but uh, not yet. Mm. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like going to selling Japanese sake uh, made in the U.S. to Japan, which actually it's, it's possible because it's a different perspective in uh, terms of how to build the flavor profile. But, right. Yeah. I mean, Japanese sake, whiskey, very, um, very popular here, you know. Mm. I love it. Right. Just because of quality, I really one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it doesn't matter where it's made, and as far as it's very uh, highly respected production, then it can sell anywhere. Yes, right. I think so. Agreed. Right. Okay. So uh, where can we find your updates? Um, we up, you can find updates on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, for US, it's at Don Suenos. And uh, in Japan is uh, at Don't Say no Japan. Mm. You can find all the updates, um, you know, events. Obviously, we are not doing any events yet, but uh, soon, hopefully. <laughs> right, hopefully. Yeah. All right. 
So thank you so much for joining us today, Kumiko. Thank you so much for having me. Japanese is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.